what's more, a civic skill in, extends into developing what might be called the civic personality. The civic personality recalls Heraclitus' old dictum over 2,300 years ago when he said, character is destiny. And I would add that personality is decisive. You can have all the knowledge and all the accolades and all the honors. If you don't have the civic personality, you're not going to make an impact because you'll defeat yourself. And a civic personality has many features, but some of them are the following. One is that you don't hog credit for what's done. You don't, you don't repress your associates by trying to hog credit. You define leadership as producing more leaders, not more followers. Second feature of the civic personality is that you refuse to be discouraged. You don't burn out. You are resilient. You bounce back. You take the cue from the athletic arena where the athletes are never supposed to give up, but somehow citizens too often do. And third, you have to keep learning. You keep what Alfred North Whitehead once called a basic principle of science, which is keeping options open for revision. You have to keep learning, and you have to keep reading, and you have to keep thinking. And fourth is that you don't give yourself excuses for not doing things that deep inside of you, you know you have to do. You don't say, well, this is too tough because Exxon's too powerful, or Merck Sharp and Dome is too influential, or General Motors is everywhere. You don't give yourself excuses because if you don't give yourself excuses, you're going to be looking for new ways to rebound, new ways to be resilient. Now, I've been at conferences over decades where people of your young age are just as bright as you. And they stand up and they say, I'm from Oxford. I'm from Harvard. I'm from Princeton. I'm from Cambridge University. And we, we look at these young people and we say, look at these young people. Look at their sense of future achievement and sense of hope. Well, many of you think there's nothing you can do because you've done nothing yet. And it isn't enough just to be smart. It isn't enough just to be perceptive. Because if you don't have the civic personality, the range of horizon where you go beyond your own specialty, you apply your specialty to the formation of public policy, and to the implementation of public policy. Sometimes you have to leave your specialty and become a politician and become leaders in other areas. If you're not willing to do that, it doesn't matter how smart you are and how creative you are. You're going to be limiting your horizons and your own potential contributions. So think about Cicero's definition of freedom. He did it over 2,000 years ago when he defined freedom <clears throat> as participation in power. That's a unique definition of freedom. Most people think of freedom from arbitrary despots and police intrusion and so forth. But this is freedom too. And on that basis, most people in so-called democracies don't have much freedom. They don't have much participation in legislative policy. They don't have much part participation 
in urban policy. They don't have much participation in educational policy. Not because they're necessarily shut out, but because they don't come forward to test how much they're shut out and to break through those closed doors. Many of you here are scientists. It's good for you to ask how scientists in the past have become effective citizens. A, a scientist in Sweden in the 70s was an extraordinarily important factor in elaborating the environmental perils of that country before he went back to his scientific research. For a period of years, he was a well-known television commentator because he made so much news. And we see in our country a lot of the leadership against the nuclear arms race has come from physicists who have spoken up, some of them who were advisors to the Pentagon. And so you want to say that even though you're not in practicing in the public arena, that you do most of your work in science, there's still a huge penumbra out there where you can extend that knowledge with other people in the formation and application of humane and productive uh, public policy. I'd like to end on this note, and that is look at each other and look at your friends in terms of how you size them up as far as their civic personality is. It's something to talk about. Replace some of the small talk with this kind of talk. Because I have seen people of equal backgrounds, of equal value systems, of equal level of concern, behave completely differently when the chips are down and the assaults on freedom and civil liberties and other matters dear to them become very pronounced. And what's the difference? They share knowledge, values, and concerns. But there's one area they didn't share that made the difference, a sense of urgency. Fire in their belly, a sense of urgency. And it's important to talk all about that. Knowledge connects to action when there's a sense of urgency, not just a sense of realization, a sense of urgency. That is what divides the ordinary intellectual from the extraordinary committed and engaged intellectual. And for those of you who want to see what some of the citizen groups in Washington and the United States are doing, I'll give you two websites if you want to follow it up. One is called citizen.org and the other is called essential.org. And that is linked to a new group that we have formed called citizenworks.org. And you'll see a, a more widespread elaboration of some of the points uh, made here today. Thank you very much.